and that brings us to our next topic, the cast glute bridge versus the conventional hip thrust. I'm going to be completely honest. Before I really started doing a lot of TikTok videos, I had never heard of a cast glute bridge. I did. I have done something similar to it, which we would just call it a hip thrust pulsing repetitions, where you're just holding the top of the hip thrust and only going down a few inches, keeping the hips high the entire time. I have never used that as a central part of my hip thrust training, but apparently for some fitness influencers all over TikTok, that's something that they do almost uh, exclusively. I even saw one post where a guy had suggested that going down to, all the way down to the bottom, would make the hip thrust be a more quadricep dominant exercise than it is just a glute focused exercise. I did not find any research that supported this. I had never actually never heard of that. We'll go into that later on. So like I said earlier, the cast glute bridge is essentially a hip thrust pulse. You're at the top of the repetition of the repetition and you're going down maybe six to eight inches before you return back to the top. It, the theory behind this has to do because the glutes are maximally activated at the top of the hip thrust as opposed to at the bottom. So these influencers think that since you're keeping the hips high when the glutes are maximally activated, that means that you're going to get the most amount of glute growth or strength if that's what you're going for by keeping the hips high. This, in my opinion, if you're going to, your aim is to keep the hips high, I probably wouldn't be doing the cast glute bridge using free weights because with the free weight version, you're still having to start at the bottom of the hip thrust, pushing the hips all the way up to the top and then keeping them up high. I'd rather have the exercise be done on the Smith machine where you can st already start at the top position, pick them up, uh, undo the locks so you could keep the hips high the entire time and not have to worry about going starting all the way from the bottom and bringing them up. This can save you from having a year to get your muscles more tired than they need to and you can maintain the high glute activation throughout the exercise. Again, the proponents of the cast glute bridge argue that you do get more glute activation with this versus the conventional hip thrust. That is up for debate and actually the research doesn't support this just because it goes against the commonly shared theory by experts that a longer range of motion uses the most muscle activation. So think of it as if you were to be doing a, a squat, a deep squat at the bottom as you're rising, the muscles are having to work more at the bottom part of the squat than they are when you're returning up to the top. If you notice, as you're from the quarter squat up to the top of the squat, you feel that it's a lot easier than it was when you started from the bottom of the squat up to the middle part of the squat. And that's the whole theory behind using chains or bends, the variable resistance training, uh, those 
you're carrying more weight as you're reaching the higher the higher part of your squat so you're still able to maximally activate your uh, quadricep or your leg muscles as you're reaching the top instead of having the muscles take a break while you're doing that in the hip thrust your glutes are maximally stretched at the bottom of the hip thrust and they get maximally often activated when you get to the top so you're basically forcing your muscles to work from all the way down here bringing it up the tension gets higher and higher and higher as you're reaching the top versus just keeping the hips high for the whole repetition the benefit with the conventional hip thrust is the longer range of motion and the research has for decades supported it that longer range of motion leads to greater hypertrophy. This is this has not changed. This is not going to change for the time being until new research shows that shorter range of motion can lead to more muscle activation and muscle hypertrophy. But that doesn't take away from doing shorter range of motion. I mean, if you're going to, if you've heard of partials, uh, you can still gain muscle mass with partial repetitions which is what a cast glute bridge is that's why i'm not totally demonizing or or discounting the cast glute bridge versus the conventional hip thrust the full range of motion of the hip thrust also the muscle stress is higher when having to overcome the stretch position to a contracted position so your your muscles have to work for a longer period of time so if you've looked at muscle fibers there's a sliding filament theory where you've got fibers that are sliding in and out when you're at the bottom of a squat for example your muscles are stretched out same thing going with the bottom of the hip thrust your muscles are stretched out you contract them they're being contracted, they're being squeezed together, so muscle fibers are actually sliding towards each other. If you're doing a partial repetition like the cat's glute bridge, you're really only working this much as opposed to all of this, if that makes sense. I should probably include some kind of animation for that to give you a better visual than just using my fingers for that one. Finally, the great benefit that I do see with the cast loop bridge is that you can overload it versus the conventional hip thrust. So you can be using more weight than you would doing the, the cast versus doing the conventional hip thrust because you don't have to worry having to go all the way from the bottom up to the top. Again, you can start with the, at the top position using the Smith machine, using more weight than you would with the conventional hip thrust. Therefore, using forcing your muscles to have to work overtime for a longer period of time. And if you're doing a higher repetition, like a 12 repetition set, that's going to be a lot of stress that's being put on the glutes, especially with an overloaded weight. So you can, in theory, be developing more muscle mass by doing that. But again, in my professional opinion, should it be cast versus conventional hip thrust? I don't think that's the right argument to make. I, it both are awesome exercises. So I would say, how about doing cast glute bridge 
and doing conventional hip thrusts. Also doing single leg hip thrusts or do and doing hip thrusts with a loop band around the knees. And doing deficit hip thrusts where you've got your feet up on a bench. That I would probably do really lightweight or just the barbell or just body weight with a loop band or doing deficit hip thrusts without a loop band. Also you gotta do hip abductions, hip adductions, RDLs, squats. You gotta add all these types of exercise th that will help contribute to overall glute growth so you're hitting all the fibers everywhere and getting the full amount of glute growth or strength growth. And doing the whole thinking of A versus B, B versus C, C versus D is never going to be a good option, especially for strength and conditioning or even with nutrition. Instead, think of doing A, B, C, and D. Depending on how much time you're willing to dedicate to the gym, to your workouts, maybe you'll probably just be able to do A, B, and C. And that's basically all I have to say about the cast glute bridge versus the conventional hip thrust. Stop thinking of this or that. Start thinking this and that.